Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. If you're on the Pacific Northwest coast like I am, it's Monday, October 10, and it is 11.01 a.m. in the morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, We are in year 25 of doing both the Elijah List here and Elijah Streams. It's all the same organization and uh, we're happy to have you on board. My wife and I started this, as I said, 25 years ago. And it just never gets boring, frankly. It's really fun to see what God's going to say the next day. And uh, we're going to bring Johnny on here in just a couple of minutes. Johnny Enlow. Um, a quick a couple of announcements. Tomorrow will be Barry Wunsch, who is a very, very popular uh, guest, as always. So he'll be on from Canada tomorrow at 11 o'clock Pacific time. Now, we we are beginning to, as you've seen, promote American Warriors every day now, which is a program that I produce with my brother Warren Schultz. So the Schultz brothers, if you will. Um, so we're, I'm going to read to you a little bit about this. We're normally going to have uh, trailers. Where this one doesn't have a trailer, so let me read that to you while they put the photo up there. So the American Warrior um, episode today is about Clarence Carnahan, who was drafted toward the end of World War II and became an orderly on the psychiatric unit of a hospital ship. It changed the direction of his life and he eventually became a psychiatrist working with the veterans of World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. Now he's in his late 90s suffering with cancer. As a strong believer in the Lord, he says his earthly prognosis is poor, but his heavenly prognosis is excellent. So I I found out that this particular doctor was at Loma Linda University when I, I met my wife when she was a nurse at Loma Linda University. My mother was the night supervisor for that massive university hospital. She was the night supervisor for the um, the nurses supervisor to all the nurses. So all at Loma Linda University, my sister graduated from Loma Linda University as a doctor. So we have a, and I graduated, if, if you're not tired of hearing the word, I graduated from Loma Linda University in 1977. So Big connection with that doctor. So I hope you'll watch him on American Warriors. There's two places to see it on Rumble. You just type in American Warriors. Or you on YouTube, our channel there, You again, you type in American Warriors. Warriors, if I sing that right. And it's got a big A-W for the logo. So we hope you will not miss this. We're going to be promoting it every day. So, all right. So we've got the announcements. It's time to bring in Johnny Enlo Unfiltered. So here we go. 1349 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. I never get tired of that intro, Johnny. So good to see you. Hey, happy Monday to you. How's your how's your week going so far? Thank you, Steve. It's going well. And uh, excited about all the Lord's doing and showing. And so. yeah, how about yeah, you? So, how are you doing? Oh, doing really good. You know, I've been having, I was telling, I'll uh, tell the folks what I was telling you. Maybe someone will know what it is. Even as I'm talking to you, right? There, it feels like a wind is blowing in my left ear. It's cold. It's not numb. It's not tingling. It's just cold. And I'm trying to figure out, this has never happened to me before. I'm trying to figure out what that phenomenon would be. So if anyone gets I, anything... Yeah. I told him it's because I'm going to tell him some really cool things right now. It's going to come in cool on his ear. So yeah, and I'll tell you one other thing. I might as well just this is my I'm the kind of guy that just can't hold it in. So I was I got my shofar out, which I have never learned to play. I used to be a trumpeter, but 
and I was really good, but not anymore. You know, the armature is gone, all those muscles. So I got a sound out. My wife has had migraines for weeks and weeks, and she keeps waking up with them. So I got the shofar out and blew it on her pillow, not on her bed. And I just decreed that the migraine would not be. I didn't even tell her about it. I didn't tell her I did that. I told her I blew it, but not where I blew it. She wasn't here at the time. And she woke up this morning. I said, how are you doing? She goes, I don't have a migraine for the first time in forever. So <laughs> that's the crazy thing about that shofar, man. I don't. I was going to ask you this before I get into this stuff today. Do you mainly blow your shofar in public and on shows like this, or do you go throughout the day blowing it? How? What, what's your routine with that? Well, in the last, uh, since we started Rosh Hashanah, I was blowing it every day. And, um, but I don't usually just go around doing it. But if there is anybody in the household who can't get rid of a, a headache, a pain, a stomach ache, or whatever it is, if I feel like there's too much oppression coming on me or the household, I'll just let it out, make a decree with it. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, I mean, I mean, I, the old me not that long ago would have said, I don't know if that's that, you know, it's a nice idea and it's trumpet. I get that, but not anymore. You know, if there was any citizen, and I don't tend to be a cynical person. I'm just kind of not, but you know, I wasn't sure that that was anything. You know, I remember David Letterman used to have a set a thing on his show. He goes, is this anything? It was called, is this anything? And he would show you a picture of somebody doing something. So I now believe this is something when you blow the show far and make a decree. Well, I've told you or told some about it on the on the show over the last couple of years, and I won't do it now, but really probably have a two or three hours of testimonials of blowing the shofar at specific times where probably about 15 times where car couldn't wouldn't start. And one time we had 40 people on a mission trip to Costa Rica bus that blew the engine blew and the the water hose and pipe blew. And so the the you know the key just went click click. And I grabbed the chauffeur with cars passing by us. I just blew one time into the engine and tell the chauffeur, let's go. And he goes in and (laughs) we go 20 minutes and we go back. So it's probably about around 15 times where, and the Lord will set it up. You know, I'm in Buenos Aires and Argentina. They're going cars both sides and cannot get it started no matter what. Same thing. It happens often in other nations, often right when, you know, the leader or apostle, whatever is, is just, picking me up from the airport or something. And I think it's just kind of an initial statement the Lord wants to make. And we had, a, I've told this story too, as well. We had a, a meeting, a Friday night meeting when we were pastoring in Atlanta, where the power had been knocked out of probably a mile in every direction from our church. And I blew the shofar. And uh, at that time we were just in the downstairs of an office building. And so just our end of it, um, not the top, not above us, not beside us, our part, I blew the shofar and we had a three hour meeting, um, based on having blown the shofar and, and we had power there. And so it's really a much better testimony, even in that, wow. but there's, yeah, it's the Lord. It's the battle is the Lord's. And we look to him. It's the foolishness of God being wiser than men. Yeah. And, you know, I like to say shofar, show good. <laughs> and I was watching this rabbi teach you how to play that. He was kind of giving instruction. He had the whole all his accent because he's like he's probably in Israel or he's just in his you know his strong accent anyway. 
he calls it a shoy, a shoyfer, a shoyfer. <laughs> I mean, how do you do that? It's, he's not Australian. It's just, it's a shoyfer. Uh, so I may not have that exactly right. But anyway, I mean, you, what you said is so pregnant with meaning. It's the foolishness of God or the foolishness of men. I don't know. How does that thing go? How does that the foolishness mean? of God is wiser than men. The weakness of God is stronger than stronger than anything. Stronger than men. I mean, if there's men, anything that would ever seem foolish to men, that would be it. It would be like I'll blow this thing. It came from an animal. We drilled the, the holes there. We cleaned it up and we polished it, and then you blow it like a trumpet, and then decrease something. It's only God would come up with that, you know, and say now, and then put your faith with it. Only God, but then there's historical precedent for this only God. You realize that really his great, there's two dynamics of his great visitations uh, in the Old Testament, New Testament. You know, the scriptural background is shofars introduced, big thing. It's Gideon, really the 300. He just needed 300 shofar blowers and more than that, a little bit what they did. But there was just 300 of them. And, and you know, then the masses, the hundreds of thousands joined later when they were in, in victory mode. And then Jericho going into the promised land, they blew the shofar. And, um, you know, that was March straight forward. The walls come down. So there's this thing of when he's going to do something big, he introduces it with the sound and with the sound of the trump. Because uh, that's what the shofar was. And we've shared just recently is, uh, you know, the same word for jubilee is the same word in the Hebrew for uh, Trump, uh, for the shofar. And then you look at the Acts 2 visitation, it says, and there was a great sound. It was a great sound from heaven that came in and filled the place. And so he comes and operates through through sound. And and there are layers of revelation in all that. So Crazy, even what's yeah. Yeah, what's begun to be understood in the quantum world as well is how we're we're connected at the micro, tiny, subatomic particle level, and that we really all are are everything, even the things that you think are hard, are our frequency. They're they're you know they're these spinning donuts to have a frequency, and and so everything has an ability to be touched. What I'm trying to say, there's even a science. It's the foolishness of God. But it is wiser than men, and men are starting to learn some of this wisdom of frequencies as well. Right, and that's right. why it's not so ridiculous. And I would just tell people, you know, I was um, thank you for all of that. Uh, what I did is because I started studying, is uh, watch this rabbi, and he used a shorter version. It's just a little one like that. It curves up, and I think it's either a a ram's one or a goat's. They had a goat's a horn, which I believe they said that the Israel used a lot. Anyway, I went on Amazon and ordered one for $33 yesterday. It's on the way because I want, it had a better mouthpiece on it. But any people, if you go, well, I don't know anyone in Israel, you don't have to go to Amazon and say shofar, and you got, and it's all beyond the way. Now watch, they're going to be flooded in Amazon today with the orders of shofars. Anyway, anyway, good stuff. Well, Johnny, I'm going to just turn this over to you. I, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have for us today. Well, thank you. I want to just tell a two-minute report, you know, Probably many of you have heard testimonials of of the, those who needed rescue in Florida. Well, some have, you know, it depends how you're connected to kind of these testimonial things that go around in the body of Christ. But somebody sent us, a lady actually sent us a three-page letter. I read it all. I'm not going to say her name, but it was an amazing story. Her and her husband, uh, you can tell they're, she didn't give her age, but you can tell they're not, we'll say spring chickens. They're not young people. And um, they they were under 
she the words she puts are brutal in capital letters twice brutal 10 hours of being hit by uh, really close to uh, the center of the storm that came in there near Fort Myers and they had prayed they had walked again when it's speaking of the foolishness of God being wiser than men they had made some declarations over their house over the beach in front of them they walked it and um and then they were they were they couldn't even see out their window for 10 hours because it was it was so intense wow. and then um you know they got up in the morning they were they were sure they were just they were number one just you know they they didn't know if they were making it through the night but then they found out basically they were all good they were they were fine the beach that they had walked um was fine but they had they lost power and um but she talked about you know they had prepared for it and and they became kind of the the neighborhood uh stopping place they had a generator they had a Whoa. generator so she had made a lot of cinnamon rolls and cupcakes ahead of time. So they became the charging station for phones and conversation for cups of coffee with all the neighbors. Um, and she wrote this uh, the 2nd of October. And she, when she wrote it, she put it at the bottom, written by the light of a generator. God is absolutely good. So even when she's writing this letter to us, it's still being done with the light of a, a generator. Wow. But she goes on to, you know, there is no water. And then she just decided she needed to wash her hair and and she was struggling using the wash pot. Again, these simple things. And, and there was a little bit of water in the hose. So she's using it. And then um, she's telling her husband hey, there's water for his hair. And he's like, no, there, there's, no, there's not going to be any water. She says, you can do it. So to make it short. Well, actually, I'll read this part. Um, I told him again to wash his hair. He was shocked. I then told him to fill our wash pot up. So he filled it up in total disbelief. I told the neighbors, I do not know, know how or why, but we have a spigot in the back of the house that has full pressure water. Unbelievable. And if they need to refill water or grab a quick rinse, it was in the back. They were in shock as well. Today, I went out and filled four gallons of water, my wash pot and the pot I wash dishes with in the house. I lifted the hose all the way to the gutters and the water kept flowing. To say we are blessed, to say God gave us grace is not nearly enough. On top of all this, my husband found an old antenna, was able to get our TV to pick up news and other channels. The neighbors now have coffee and watch the news in the morning at our clutch spot. We laugh through dinner. We help each other clean the rubble. We become stronger and more vigilant every day, all because of my God, the only God, the one true God. I will continue to worship in the good, the bad, and all the in-between moments that we call life. And she went on, she was thanking us as being one of the voices that has so taught them to, you know, be overcomers, to stand, to uh, not not just be victims in the middle of this, to believe in a powerful big God. And so um, she's just, uh, you know, says, my only regret is that I have missed many of my spiritual leaders and their broadcasts over the last week. I do not know when I'll get my phone, electricity, and internet, but it's all okay. All in God's yeah. time. So I just... Awesome. Might be Can something you, need to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can you remind me, did they just decree or did they blow a shofar too, or did they just walk on and decree? I don't think did it they, was a shofar. Okay. That they just decreed. A, awesome. Just, and I don't I don't mean just decree, but I mean there's people right. that are now that are learning that the power of the decree. You know, I've known about it for seven or eight years, but um I should have known it long before that. But um I think I remember hearing it and 15, 20 years ago, I'm thinking, eh, you know, God's not going to, you know, but I, it wasn't, it just, I was hearing about it from the distance, but 
When no, we carry the authority, to, yeah. It's Go amazing. Ahead. She's just beyond belief excited. And she still has, you know, there's a, you can be with still no electricity after days. I don't know how it is right now, but yet beyond belief excited how God has met them. They've been able to be a blessing for the neighborhood and just not to accept even the logic of, well, nobody has water. How are you going to be the only house in the whole area here that has water? She's like, we do have water. So that was part of just believing it. And so as we face it, as those in different parts, wow. we know this goes to multiple nations. There's different realities that, you know, it gives opportunity for you to believe in the God that's bigger than, bigger than whatever the challenge, the chaos is. And uh, you connect to that. And that's what they saw. They saw really uh, their house spared in a way it didn't seem to make sense. They saw um, this ability to this ability to get water and be a blessing for their whole area there for them to be salt and light. So I just thought that was a, a good, a good testimony before we jump in. But yeah, I have, I have some important things I believe from the Lord uh, to share today. And um, you know, there is, uh, there is, this whole process back to even kind of the promo points we make, there's an awakening, the awakening, you know, it's the root awakening for the great awakening, the awakenings for our children. We revisit that. And it's great to hear that at the beginning, every time, because that really is what the Lord is doing. And there's a lot of things I thought were going to be quicker, but it's yeah. really because there wasn't, I, I really, really understand and get it now because even at mm. this stage, uh, even after a delay of another year and a half, two years, there is so much um, uh, sleepiness in the, we'll say, even in the body of Christ. Just people not realizing what we're living in and what we're living through. On the one hand, on the plus side of the narrative, this is the most amazing intervention of God on planet Earth, um, I believe, since the days of Jesus. It is really taking on for the first time things he didn't even take on in Jesus' day. He did not take on the ruling religious mafia. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against them. He did not go after after them. He did not go after the, you know, the Moloch worship, the Baal worship that had really been the, the bane of Israel for all their existence and why they would continually have to have prophets rise up and, and call judgment on them. It was it wasn't for it wasn't because they're gossiping. It wasn't because they're doing whatever other little sins go on or bigger sins. People think it was this Baal worship, Molech worship, where they sacrificing children and, and the shedding of blood and, and the stuff that we talk about now related to what's been discovered um, regarding, you know, this globalist network of Illuminati Luciferians that have been running everything. And we have awakened to the fact that we, we really are in an Israel and Egypt scenario where we find out that they have taken the tops of the mountains by that, uh, the seven mountains, the mountain of economy. They have been running. They have taken control um, from a long time ago, the banking and through the central bankers and different things. And they have taken over the media. We, we see that you continually get squelched if you're a voice of truth, why you can't put your things on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, right yeah. now. Well, we have the same thing as anybody who's telling uh, if the truth, too much straightforward truth, you're going to get banned and it's going to be banned at the biggest, widest level. So you go mountain by mountain, government matters. We find, you know, Department of Justice, even uh, um, Supreme Court, there's 
it's been compromised and we don't know where they're at right now. There's some good signs of good things that have happened there. But if you go through, you know, um, agency after agency, you can see that we have been taken over. We've been hijacked at all levels of society. Pharma, we were hijacked at pharma level. You can't tell the truth about big pharma. You can't tell the big truth about the jab about, and I know we can say things, the vaccinations and all the things like that, why we have to be on alternative sites, because this is a reveal of the ages. This is, this is massive. We're in a, a huge, serious moment. If you look at it from one side, because they now know their end is upon them. And so, you know, an enemy can get at its most dangerous when it's in its most desperate state. And so there's a desperateness to them right now. And so they're attempting very desperate measures and they want to throw the world into chaos. They want to throw the world into world war. They want to, um, they are, they are actively trying to kill us by multiple methods and, and it hasn't stopped. You know, is it California just announced that all kids, no children can go in their public schools without having that MRNA vaccination. That is still saying that in California. It's a brand new, apparently a brand new, they must, all of them. And so you're like, how are these people getting away with murder at all levels? And 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 be, they covered up somehow where even a lot of the churches, a lot of uh, mega churches and ministries didn't pick it up and still haven't picked it up. So well, isn't it true, Johnny, that some of the mega church people down there are telling people they need to get vaccinated? I mean, we, I don't they, want to say are, the name, but there was a major name down there who's member of the World Economic Forum. And how can he be both, you know? He can't be. And so they've been there's been massive infiltration. So we're discovering um, challenges at an unprecedented level. It really does connect us to the children of Israel Mm -hmm. before going into the promised land and where the 12 spies go in and the 10 spies uh, view the land. They're like, oh, my goodness, we are grasshoppers. We are not able to deal with them. Uh, And we could look at it. If anybody can see the enemy, like those 10 spies went and saw the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Girgashites, the sons of Anak. And you, you, you see that they, they have infiltrated everything that's called world, World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, United Nations. They have positioned themselves at every, at every angle and every place and infiltrated every government to the place where it seems like there's, it's, it, it's, it, to, when you see them, you could have the same response as the 10 spies. And it's like, we are not able, we just, we need to run in the other direction. We need to hope for an immediate rapture or they were willing to go back into Egypt into the lesser bondage because this was now going to, they looked like they were going to be reset into extinction. And so this is a historical moment. There was a reason why I, the way I heard it when I was shocked to see in March of 2016, when the Lord let me know that he had, he had anointed and called Trump. And he said, the world is going to be known as before Trump and after Trump. And first thing he said, he's like, when I went, I went, it was like, I was a little bit surprised. And he's like, he is going to save you from things you don't, you don't know you need to be saved from. And, um, and that has really borne out in a major way because, uh, even though I was called prophet for many years before 2016, I did not see, I, I had, I did not have definitely the full spectrum of the infiltration invasion 
that the enemy had done. And I was used to looking in the seven mountains. I was used to looking. Yeah. Interacting yeah you're in absolutely the, the, a for, on the forefront of that. Yeah. And you didn't see it coming. What I didn't see. I, I saw basic corruption. I didn't see this level of coordinated um, darkness at, and with it being still Molech Baal worship I at know. the highest, highest level. All that to say is, so where it is taking us is, is an amazing place because when he shows us, it's like the children of Israel. He didn't show them even the giants in the land until he's ready to turn them over to them. And even they go into Jericho, they know the giants are there. He doesn't let them see the whites in their eyes, if you say, if you want to put it that way, until the battle is the Lord's and victory is assured if they'll just press on, press on in. And so we are uh, um, we are in a place where even many in the body of Christ will say prophet, prophetic voices, ministers are are preaching the end of days. The rapture has to be quick because they're there's they're, they've awakened to how bad the enemy is. And so there's an assumption, OK, it must be time to be zapped out of here. But it's not no more than it was for the children of Israel when they saw the giants. It's something was just going to begin possession, yeah. inheritance, possession of places uh, it, for our purposes, like Habakkuk 2.14, the whole earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. And so we are entering into a place where we're going to see the greatest kingdom demonstration ever. So here's where I want to take us real quick, because there's the word today is about Israel, because there's about to be um, just, you know, the way the Lord spoke it to me, the liberate where we are at the beginning stages to begin seeing the public element of the liberation of Israel. And now, so I'm going to have to explain that because is, and we need to get ahead of it in the narrative because the enemy is going to try to do something with this. That's much, mm. uh, much more damaging than uh, needs to happen for sure. He's always trying to trying to do that. And so we have to get ahead of the narrative that's about to come because part of this coming reveal Israel is next. And in that, we're going to find out that a lot of people and situations and institutions uh, and historical moments for Israel were not as as positive um, as we've been telling the storyline, the narrative. And, and so there's just been a lot of infiltration there as well. And it's going to tend to want to lead to mass anti-Semitism. And, and it's going to because of uh, uh, that will only happen if there's a, a loss of, of the proper narrative. So I want to just give that briefly today and, and tell what the Lord is saying. And it ties in, it continues with this thing, not to repeat it again, but we've been highlighting the Aaron's Aaron. His name means from dark to light. We talked about Aaron Donald um, yeah. last week, the week before he's the one that sacked, you know, Donald sacked Joe. And that's how the Super Bowl essentially ended at the beginning of the year. And he was 30 years old, and that's when Jesus began his ministry. So it's the beginning of something. And then we were highlighting the last two programs. First of all was Isaiah 60, because Aaron Judge was just hitting his 60th home run to tie Babe Ruth's record. And then he hit 61, tying the all-time record uh, Roger Maris had. I, it, um, and so there was an Isaiah 61 we were talking about. Really, this is a, an equipping of the saints of God with resources. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you. He has anointed you, but it's with the message of freedom of the nation itself. You will repair ruined cities, the desolation of many generations. And so that this is what's going on. And so 
in that, the Lord is still speaking this. So we went from uh, Isaiah 60 to Isaiah 61. I say there was with intention, the Lord had the focus on this, even through the home run hitter from the New York Yankees, uh, six mm-hmm. foot seven, Aaron Judge. He's really a, a great believer. It's a great story. He, he's uh, he's an adopted uh, child. And so he's, um, you know, he's white parents and 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 just means nothing other than that's just the reality of, of what it is. And, and um, oh, I don't know, at least his mom is actually, I don't know um, his, his father. And so, but there's attention to him. He's, he's had a righteous walk and good things, but the Aaron, he finally was able to hit number 62 and break the record, you know, with just a couple of games left in the season. And then he, they, they, you know, he didn't play anymore after that. He didn't try to get 63. He didn't try to get 64. Um, they just gave him rest and it was like, he knew it was supposed to end. He beat the record in Isaiah 62. And so the Lord said, uh, began to tell me, I want you to look into Isaiah 62 because that's what's next. The Isaiah 60, Isaiah 61. Actually, there's an Isaiah story. We're going to tell real quickly here. Isaiah 45 is about Cyrus. So it's the Cyrus call and anointing and Cyrus is called to take out Babylon. We've gone into that, that, narrative uh, pretty in depth a year and two years ago particularly as it relates specifically as it relates to number 45 donald trump president number 45 and so isaiah 45 goes into the first few verses you're you're looking at donald trump's assignment you can just translate it for for today and how he's supposed to take down the double doors the impossible uh, the impossible power brokers of the day uh, Babylon was impregnable, 300 foot wide, um, 300 foot wide, 70 feet, no, 300 foot high, 70 feet wide walls, uh, double you know, bronze. It's like impregnable. You couldn't do it. And so the Lord um, made it happen for Cyrus and he's prophesied and saying he's doing that for Trump. So Isaiah 45 speaks of the component of Trump. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Now, back to the show. Isaiah 60 is arise, shine, your light has come, the glory of the Lord. It begins to speak into the great awakening, what we talked about in the, the, the front promo as well. So there's a great awakening. And he says, arise, shine, your light has come, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Behold the darkness and the gross darkness. So we found out this gross darkness. That's what I found. Um, um that's what I finally understood. I used to think about what's the difference between just darkness and really bad darkness. So the darkness I knew about was the general corruption at the tops of the mountains. And it's like, you know, people that have a lot of money, power, you know, corrupts and absolute power corrupts more. And if you have money and it, there's this tendency mm. but to know that it's actually diabolical, Luciferian it has been there and has targeted the tops of the mountains, the positions of power. They have done it for hundreds and hundreds of years and never been challenged ultimately really uh, at a global level. And that's what the Lord's doing is bringing a global liberty and freedom. The operation of this day from heaven's standpoint is unprecedented as far as size, scope. When you're talking about seven and a half to eight billion people being set free in some level, and I don't know how quick they will all experience it, but the progression is there. It will be a quick domino effect um, that will that will take place. But it's so Isaiah 60 is arise shine then the isaiah 61 that we've been we spoke into uh, last time is really about god's great reset and the spirit of the sovereign lord being upon you and that's where 
you know, he resets us with finances and a fresh empowerment of the spirit now to rebuild cities and communities because we're deceived by looking at, you can look at what looks like luxury, luxury and, and not be aware that if you actually could see in reality in the spirit realm, we're like, we'll say Europe after being carpet bombed, wherever, whether it's whatever, London or wherever, carpet bombed after a, a bombing campaign of World War II. That's what we actually look like in the spirit realm all over this nation, because we have had all the positions of power taken by darkness. There has been a hijacking mm. of the power positions and they're literally depopulating and killing us and have been for a long, long time. And so there, we're now in discovery phase and they've, and it's hurt us. It's hurt us terribly. They've taken over the culture. And so even when you're ministers with spirit filled ministers, you find that your children have been pulled in one direction or, or another because we didn't have the influence in uh, you know, arts and entertainment and the culture in the culture. We had no influence. We didn't, we weren't, we didn't care. We just wanted to get people saved and let's get ready to leave the planet. And so we're paying the price for of having a very weak um, paradigm of how the kingdom is to advance. And that's what God's what I want to get into in a second as well. The new paradigm, he is insisting that we grasp uh, and move forward with because it's not just that there were bad guys. It's that we abandoned or never showed up in places we were called to be salt and light. And we didn't do so for doctrinal biblical reasons. It's like, no, we don't need to. Uh, that's supposed to all collapse and fall apart. And there was just a lack of understanding when you let it all fall. When you let an education system fall apart, it affects your children. When you let Hollywood and whatever represents Hollywood be the discipler of your children for forever, even if you are a spirit filled pastor, leader, apostle, whatever, you, you can't hardly do enough to con uh, to counter how many hours they'll have been discipled by that. So there is a call to upgrade our focus and our vision and move forward. But this part having to do with, with Israel now. So again, uh, Isaiah, because I know some people say they want the notes. So we're just going to say it to you one more time. It'll stick. Isaiah 45, the Cyrus call on President Trump. Isaiah 60, the great awakening. Arise, shine. Why do you arise? Because you haven't been awake. You haven't been you haven't been up. So now it's the great awakening, the gross darkness. But the Lord will arise on you. So it's a gross darkness. Yes, he's our rescuer, but he demands that we participate even in. our own. So journey. when you say um, this thing with the use of the word rescue, he's coming to rescue us, but not out of here. He's rescuing us here so we can become salt and light and gross darkness then flees. Right. I mean, in other words, he's. The word rescue works either way. He's just not rescuing us out of here. He's rescuing us here while we're here. Is that, how would you say that? He's rescuing us back into our assignment. Yeah. He's rescuing us so that, because we've so abandoned assignment that did he, if he hadn't come in to rescue us, we already let it go too far. We let it go yeah. too many generations. We slumbered too many generations. Mm. We put to sleep. We were, we, we were, you know, sold the bill of goods. We bought into a restricted uh, call. And that was, you know, have good meetings in church and, and get people saved. And, and it just left unattended the entire world, cities, nations, which have always been his focus. We had no plan for cities and nations other than 
get more people saved. Can I well, ask you a question uh, about that? The whole thing, I remember, you know, Chuck Smith was very famous, the Jesus movement, uh, the people on the baptisms on the beach, uh, Greg Laurie, you know, national. Uh, was there something, and John Wimber then came along, his was more of a re re Reformation's beginning, but I mean, what, was there something wrong in the Jesus movement uh, that, that did? Because otherwise, if, if, Johnny, it's like as if you say, if we say something was wrong, then we would say, well, then God goofed when he had the Jesus movement. So how, what what went wrong? Maybe not. What would you say about that? Just in no, what, has hap what has happened historically is we have not recognized the full extent of the victory he wants to give us. That has happened. Yeah. You can go to the examples when the prophet asked the, the king, shoot the arrows for how many victories you want. And he's like, he shot it three times. And then the prophet gets mad at him. Why didn't you do five, six, seven? Crazy. Uh, he could have really had long-term victory. And so there's always a greater victory he's making available than has been taking, taken advantage of. And, and we find that even says he weeps over Jerusalem, 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 you know, in this, he weeps over Jerusalem for what he wanted to give them. But they didn't uh, they didn't get him, you know, in his own his own city. Uh, it says, they, you know, where he was born and raised, Jesus is said he could do no great miracle there because of, of their unbelief. And so we have just throughout history, there is and the Hebrides Island, another example, mm -hmm. the Hebrides Island revival and almost all the island 90 something percent get saved and now today barely a generation and a half later there's four percent believers yeah. you don't even know how you can lose that much and that's how the lord told me he's like i i released my presence for much more but they only had vision for salvation so what happens is the the jesus movement came in and it was definitely a thing of god and of the holy spirit but they were there was the young people, the rejects from society being being hit. And so they kept being told that they needed to listen to the veterans in the body of Christ. And so and there's some. Yes. But the message that came down to them, for instance, Lonnie Frisbee, he's the one that brought really uh, those early years. He was the one that carried the strong presence and he's baptizing thousands in the ocean the Pacific ocean there in California. And he just carries the joy of the Lord. And, and so there is healing and presence and it comes into the rooms, you know, and just it's physical palpable. You see the presence come in, but he began to, uh, you know, expand on stuff that really the Holy spirit was not prioritizing, which is like, Jesus is about, they began to connect the whole Jesus movement to Jesus is about to return. And so there's people, there's something about us. We don't like to recognize our errors as the body of Christ. And we don't like yeah. to upgrade based on that. Because like you say, we'll say, oh, well, we can't admit that wasn't a move of God. Yes, it was a move <laughs> of God. But obviously it was in the 60s. And we are now 60 years removed from that. He didn't come any moment. Most of those people, right. everybody, everybody who's 30 on above, 99% of them are going to be dead now. 90% yeah. of those 30 or older from the Jesus movement will have died. And so he didn't come any second. So when you plan it all over and around him coming, then you don't take the, the societal, the, there was no societal. Well, it's almost like you, you, you inadvertently planned the demise of your movement because when you all die off, 
it looks like it was all for nothing because it was all supposed to be unto the rapture. Whereas if you said, let's occupy as an occupying force and not just sitting around, it means as an occupying force, it would have been a totally different movement, maybe still alive today. I don't know, but anyway. And that's, that's the idea. So that's the example is, is, is that it was not that it wasn't of God. Clearly the thousands who got saved, there was a whole new music that came in whole new denominations. It's, the Lord's amazing patience. He has patience for us to grow line upon line, precept upon precept. And so we went from, you know, it's just like school in some ways, I suppose. You go from third grade to fourth grade. And and when you're in third grade, you don't know fifth and sixth grade stuff. And when you're in fourth, you don't. So the Lord has patience for the process of us adding to what we're supposed to carry as kingdom reality. And so where the reality has taken to us right now and is that, oh, my goodness, we have not shown up in a practical way in society. And therefore, we have allowed demonic mafia, uh, both Mm. spiritual level and natural level, to occupy everything. And Mm. so we have we're working with the handful of good guys that are there and, and really hundreds and hundreds thousands actually are joining the fight in a good way in the last two years, but it's because of the pain of the moment. And so now believers know, okay, it's fine if I'm not famous in my church and I didn't get to do something in my church. I didn't get to scratch my itch of showing something in church because that's almost what we were obsessed with, particularly the spirit filled in is like, okay, we got to be able to do something on, on the meeting. I know the first seven years of pastoring a church that was our entire focus, the meet, the meeting. How do we get the maximum out of it? How do we get everybody involved? How do we get everybody touched? Everybody, you try to fulfill all the scripture there and you're like, and then it was the seven, when the Lord began to reveal the message on the seven mountains, it was like, uh, you know, it's such a brain twister that I, I remember the day I announced to the church, I said, today, he's like, you know what? I'm going to tell something to you that might be shocking. I was telling the church. I don't really care if we have that great of a meeting and they're looking at me. And, but then I, I just had to make the other point. I said, I want to hear about your Monday through Friday. I want to hear that's where the kingdom showed up. And then I said, yeah, I do want a good meeting here, but I, I it was, it was to make a point. You just have to yeah. shock, shock them. It a wasn't little. about the meeting. It was about after the meeting, you know, what had, what takes place after the meeting is what you're saying. And before yes. the meeting. This is where we get fired up, we get equipped, but the work of the ministry really actually is in society. And so the people now participating in, you know, election tables and in city councils and school boards, school boards is just major, major place right now to to show up and begin to reinstitute. Uh, we'll say points of our original republic back in there, but really advance in a practical way. The kingdom of God is never before. So this is the shift and change. Um, so back to the Isaiah 45, Isaiah 60, Isaiah 61. This is, this is the new economic thing that's coming in. There is a rescue operation from heaven. It is his RV, his revaluation, uh, his revoting, and and he's going to win. He's going to win. That's the good news of it. But it's it's he wants us to have faced uh, enough of 
what the enemy was trying to do that we actually celebrate. See, the reason Miriam could and, and the tambourine players after they cross the Red Sea, they go out and they're, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider. They have this whole song and decree. He has, you know, it's he saved us. He saved us. We were in trouble. Uh, Pharaoh's chariots and his horses he has cast into the sea. Well, if you don't know it, you have no song to sing. And he wants to sing in a big song. And there is a song of deliverance coming. But we have to be close enough and awake enough to see what was taking us out and what was taking us down. And and when you see it all, it's like, wow. So there's a part I have to re continually revisit with the Lord is like, this is so serious. But should I should I just keep being joyful? And like, yes, <laughs> that's good. Eat, eat cake, eat cake. Praise yes. and worship. Yeah, there is a yeah. I hear it's, you. It's like you know, is like from heaven's standpoint, nobody has stopped celebrating or having joy in heaven. Right. And if anybody sees what's going down on down here, it's them. So it doesn't mean at any point of our journey do we ever do we ever cease having that as a foundation. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So at no time of seriousness, even when we're facing whatever, it's physical death, famines, everything else that they're trying to put on us in all kinds of different ways, um, you know, implanting DNA changers in us and all kinds of other uh, poisons in our food and uh, pharmaceuticals and everything. Yes. You just know about them. You can just get yourself, um, you know, beyond waking up because there's it's good to wake up. Um, but then you don't want to be in a place where you're you're so uh, messed up by the size of the enemy that you yeah. can't function anymore. So you got to be able to move forward. Well, anyway, so here's the deal. Where Isaiah 62, and I'm just going to read some things from it, Steve, okay. but it's it's really goes into um, it's all about for Zion's sake and for Jerusalem's sake. And and this this is this is a part of this operation. Some have said it's a military operation and of good guys around the world, but it's God's operation. Um, and I'm saying this is all part of this. This is the continuity. There's the Cyrus call and anointing, what he has to do, Isaiah 45. There's a awakening. We have to awaken to the gross darkness that's around us. That's the Isaiah 60. Isaiah 61 is the next. We're about to receive a fresh anointing of presence, power, and finances to rebuild society itself. And, and if you don't know society needs to be rebuilt in cities and nations around the world, it means you're still a little asleep. And so that has to happen. But then part of this whole thing is the Israel component. And I want to explain this and 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 um and I'm gonna do so by reading some scriptures and and then we'll go from there. So Isaiah 62, for Zion's sake I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. And you shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem in the hand of the Lord. You shall no longer be called forsaken or desolate. It goes on to say you'll be called Hephzibah in your land, Beulah, for the Lord delights in you. And we'll go down to verse six. 
For I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem, they shall never hold their peace or night, day or night. You who make mention of the Lord do not keep silent and give him no rest until he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength. Surely I will no longer give your grain as food for your enemies and the sons of the foreigners shall not drink your new wine for, for which you have labored. But those who have gathered it shall eat it and praise the Lord. Those who have brought it together shall drink it in my holy courts. And this is kind of a de declaration for us right now. Verse 10, go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, take out the stones. The stones, take out the stones means remove the stumbling blocks, mm -hmm. lift up a banner for the peoples. Indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the world, say to the daughter of Zion, surely your salvation is coming. Multiple application, that word there in Hebrew, Yeshua, is also for Jesus. Surely your salvation is coming. Yes, an aspect of 62 is announcing Jesus uh, many years ahead of time. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him, and they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you shall be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. So we really covered all of chapter 62, but you see the entire focus is Zion and Jerusalem and the priority that has. So why are we bringing that up right now? Because we're going to see it. It's going to start making the news. God's liberation plan for Israel. For because, literal Israel, for the literal for nation. Israel. Literal Israel. Okay. And we know Zion, there's an application to ever, you know, um, it, it is for God's people. Mm -hmm. um, there's an application you can apply to all of us, but it for sure at minimum includes, um, Israel and Jerusalem as well. And so the, the storyline with Israel is the most complex of anything going right now. Um, we have to understand that, you know, Jerusalem, why would Jerusalem be so important? If, if for no other reason, um, we have to understand that the God of the universe, that's where he shared, shed, shared and shed his blood. So Jesus, his blood, his literal physical, the blood of God was shed in one place on planet earth, and that's Jerusalem. That blood guarantees that that physical geographical place has to be transformed. It has to be transformed into what he has declared for it to be. It's why he says, you who, you who watch, you who can get a hold of the Lord, do not cease pleading for Jerusalem. Give him no rest till he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. It has to happen. If the blood of God, if the blood of Jesus cannot redeem the one geographical city where he died, if it's not powerful enough for that, yeah, we know we do, we, we, we extrapolate like the symbolic, the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. But if the literal physical blood of Jesus cannot bring the kingdom in its proper presentation in that city, it really can't do the rest of the global job. It can't do the, uh, you know, Habakkuk 2.14, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. So there's this, this starting point of where the blood was shed, where the intervention, the rescue plan, the Red Sea from heaven, the blood of Jesus that came through Jesus and how it rescued us all. And so um, this is why Jerusalem is not just to be spiritualized away in some way. Well, that was because now, now we're the new spirit and there's the new Jerusalem coming where the spirit. 
you cannot take away the fact that geographically blood of Jesus was shed there. So here's here's why this is a big deal. I'm just going to read some of this for uh, um, I just wrote it down with my pen just a little bit. ago. Why Israel is so complex. Satan can read the Bible too. people. Of the original covenant between God and men. That's what Israel is. Jerusalem. About Jerusalem, back to what I was just saying, Satan knows the power of the blood, especially Jesus blood. I'm kind of re-saying something. That is where God mm-hmm. shed his physical blood. If his actual blood can't change a city, how could it allow nations yeah. to be transformed? God and David set the bullseye on Jerusalem. And they said, give him no rest until he makes Jerusalem a praise. So Satan has targeted Jerusalem more than can be imagined. He has a whole major religion considering it a most holy city, though Muhammad was never there. We could talk about that for a while. We won't. The devil has infiltrated and co-opted the entire refounding and populating of Israel. I think we've talked before, and I'm just going to mention it for those who already know. You can look into it. This thing called the Khazarian Jews. They have worked for hundreds of years infiltrating and co-opting Israel and Jewish identity. The the Khazarian Jews, I'll be answering some questions you're thinking here, Steve. The Khazarian yeah, you hear it burning in my... I can hear it. <laughs> Khazarian Jews were not Semitic. They did not come from Shem. They came from Japheth. They were a nomadic, rebellious, marauder people with whose religious practices were in keeping with service to Molech and Baal. Mm. And they have co-opted the Jewish identity. They... They did it all by becoming the world's bankers, city by city. The Rothschilds come from this line. The Epsteins, the Weinsteins, most of the Hollywood studio and uh, production owners come from that background. Um, There is no Israel in the natural right now, apart from as far as where it is. Geographically, there is no Israel apart from Rothschilds' money, his pressure, their pressure, influence. They brought and became the abomination of desolation that people wonder wow. when it's going to happen. And I say now, watch how God cleans this impossible situation up. Um, they funded and built the museum, the Holocaust Museum, after funding Hitler. They even presently... Wait, can you just stop for a second? They that, they that uh, paid to have the Holocaust happen are the same ones that then later fund the Holocaust Museum as if, look at what those poor evil people did to these. They, it's all the paint a picture that's not accurate. That's, and that's yeah. how the infiltration works. I say oh. they even presently are Israel's brain trust, the Knesset, the banking, the Mossad. Um, uh, the highest percentage of the power positions are still presently taken by them. They have taken in our terminology, the tops of the mountains of Israel. It's kind of a similar in some ways to the Ukraine reality, where there are good people, uh, the people are great, but and they must be protected and saved, but they themselves don't realize the enemy is within. They were the most vaccinated people on the planet, the most restricted people on the planet. That was so They're confusing. Yeah, pro-Jewish I, Israel. We we had got this picture in our head that they will be the Jewish people will do the right thing, the wise thing, the smart thing, and they did the worst 
response. Exactly. And so they were they were the ones, uh, um, you know, that the the hard edge of, of this assault on freedom and life came. It came the strongest against them. And they're not even telling us all the ramifications of it uh, at this point. Um, but says so they again, it's, it's not about the people, but it's those who have taken the positions of power. And so the people themselves don't realize the enemy is within. And again, we have some examples. I know personally, just the whole discovery of, you know, I thought of the Bush as such a decent family, bringing God-fearing pro-life stuff into this nation. And and then we discover that they were probably the most uh, dangerous enemies of all that in our nation, the one facilitating, connecting really to the same foundation and root, the Khazarian mafia, the Khazarian Jews, and there is a direct link connection to the, the old so Bush can, family. Can, if, are you ready for me to ask a question? Or do you have more to read there? Um, go ahead and ask it. Because well, I, well, I, I, just for part. clarification, you're saying the Khazarian Jews are. You should not use the word Jews because they're not Jews. And, That's and maybe the, and maybe it refers to Revelation. I think it's three eight, right in there where it says they. You know, you you put up with them who say they're Jews but they're not Jews at all. They're liars. Is that maybe what that's talking about? Well, it, it may not be talking about that, but that is an example. I think it's, it might even be Revelation 3, 9. Okay. It, it, it talks about those. Uh, I'm about there, so I'll, I will I will read it right here. Um, he's talking, of, this was to the faithful church. I know your works. I have set before you an open door. No one can shut it, for you have a little strength, but kept my word, and I'm not denied my name. Indeed. I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. I indeed will make them come and worship before your feet. So those who say they are Jews, but are not and lie, that's the Khazarian Khazarian Jews. Now in that, there's been some mixing um, where they could, we don't know the full percentage of, uh, of, because they didn't maintain their Khazarian Jewish line. But I, I got a report that says 91% of Jews in Israel are actually, they come from the Khazarian, Khazarian line. Really? Well, where's and, the rest of them, Johnny? Where are they? Well, are they? There, there's some in Israel. There's a lot here in the United States. Um, and it's hard to really, it really is hard. They're scattered all over the place. Jeez. I do feel like the Lord is, is, it's bigger than this story, even for yeah. Israel at this time. And in that there are people that have, because I don't think the Lord is, is, is needing, he's not taking blood tests to, de- you know, to determine yeah. who are, who are those who have this original That's covenant good. with Abraham there. And so there's even been, even though they started Kazarian, there was then a reconnecting in some different places of the Kazarian Jews with real Jews because the real Jews just assume they were as well. And so there's some mixing that came in. So the picture, it's a tangled mess. Yeah. But what you, what you realize is, is that there's been this, we've been rejoicing at what God is doing in Israel and this happened. Right. And then we find out that all the key pieces of the puzzle from the Balfour Declaration to everything was you find out there was these Kazarian and the Kazarian bankers behind it. Um, for there's a longer story, but for sinister purpose of establishing a base where they're the untouchables, because how can you touch these people that are historically been persecuted? How can you be an anti 
uh, uh, anything to do with Israel when they've been persecuted in that kind of way. But they kind of work the way the deep state does on both ends. So they, you know, they'll be the Fox and the CNN. They're the right wing. They're the oh, really uh, the same uh, ones. They're that kind of thing. So they can run with their storyline in a hidden way. Because, yeah, you go to go you go to Israel and you see the this amazing it's amazing and super sad Holocaust Museum. And you see the name Rothschild up there and you're like, wow, that was good for him to play, pay this and oh, remind us man. forever. And then you find out he gave the they're the family they got primary money for Hitler to do what they did. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. And it doesn't mean that the that the memorials that are going on, because I've been in that a couple of times, and they're reading the names out loud of the people who perish. It doesn't mean that they, they're not being memorialized. It's just hypocritical who paid for it, right? Can I, Let me throw in one quick thing here. When we went to Israel a number of years ago, it was on our tour bus. It was a one bus tour. And I'll just shorten this to about 30 seconds. We were putting questions up to our Messianic Jewish guy. Avner Bolsky is his name. You might know Avner. But uh, the questions were about this and that and about the Jewish people because he said, can I just bring a correction? I'm going to put my paraphrase because it's been 20 years. He said, too many people, Gentile Christians, come here and they're worshiping Jewish people instead of the God of the Jews, instead of those who are following Christ. So he was... He was bringing us up short as a Jewish man, saying, "You didn't don't come here to worship Jewish people." I mean, does that make sense to you? Do you understand the the yes, tone on that? Definitely. And if you go by what's on the ground, particularly Tel Aviv, will be it's it's got to be one of the most uh, liberal, and it's known for being one of the most. If you want to woke cities, LGBTQ friendly, and it's mm. not that we're trying not to be friendly, but it's you can tell even what is running inside there is not, you know, it's just, it, it puts us in this bind where, Hey, we, sh- we love and bless Israel and Jerusalem forever. And it's important forever. Cause that's where God shed his blood, the person of Jesus and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they have so infiltrated it. And guess what? The next stage, and this is where I want to take this right now, Steve is, this next stage, because this is really the Lord had me. We're going to see this. This is sort of a prophetic announcement. Isaiah 62, and it ties in with Aaron Judge hitting his home run number 62 and this progression of attention to the numbers. We're going from dark to light. And, and so there is going to be there's going to be a focus on Israel and it's going to be God's plan of liberating. Once again, we've been thinking of Passover for us right. and, and liberating being from Pharaoh. But they have a within Pharaoh. They have a Pharaoh. That is like that verse 3, 9 of Revelation. Those who say they are Jews but are not, they're actually the pharaohs. And they, they ha- he has to set them free from that, which is going to look at some initial point like it's an anti-Semitic thing. And so just like there's people thinking there is anti-Ukraine thing when it's actually taking out their pharaohs. And so there, there's a confusion, the fog of war that's going on everywhere. Um, and so uh, this 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 thing that's going to happen, this reveal and exposure of how those who say they are Jews and are not, how they have been the chief manipulators of the world in the intelligence agencies, in the media agencies. And they'll have these last names like, you know, 
Berger and, and, and Einstein and, and Steen and names that are traditionally thought of as Jewish. And it's going to, it's going to lead to a tendency for there, as it gets fully revealed to the world, a backlash of anti-Semitism and where true Semites are going to be the focus and target of it because people don't know that the Khazarian Jews are not the same as this group and, and that they have not, they, they came, many of them, many to most who came to Israel came uh, out of, you know, patriotic, self-sacrifice, good motivation to do so, but they were manipulated. As again, we've been the manipulated masses by, by those in positions One quick of power. question on that, Johnny, do the Khazarian Jews, do they know, do the Khazarian Jews, Jews know who they are? Like if you were in Israel, would the Khazarian Jews get together with Khazarian Jews knowing they're Khazarian Jews, but they don't even know anymore? It's all in there. No, just at the very top. It's just okay. the gatekeepers. Just the very, it's, very top would know. It's just like what goes on mm-hmm. here. Okay. It's, so here's, I wrote something else on it. Most of, in quote, Zionism. So see, people used to ask me, Zionist. I go, well, I think so. But I had to think <laughs> about it. But I say most of Zionism is Nazism, if you really oh, get to know wow. it. Um, it's, it's the BLM, Ukraine infiltrators. They're part of, they're part of, it's the same, it's the same group. And it's a politically motivated disguise. At one time, it was a survival disguise, which we go back hundreds and hundreds of years. But these, these are now in positions, uh, what we'd call all the high positions, seven mountains. And so uh, Satan intends that, as I'm just saying, that backlash against the Jews because of the Khazarians, make the, he, he has a goal that that will be the ultimate extinction of Israel and Jews through the backlash against him because he knows, Satan himself knows the plan of God. He can read, that's where I started reading. He knows the scriptures. He can read. He reads this Isaiah 62, how it's on the Lord's heart. It was on David's heart. It's on the Lord's heart. Zion, Jerusalem. This was before the Lord honored it with his blood. This is before the ultimate sacrifice was paid for. And so there is, there is, you know, it, it is an absolute reality that there is going to be a glorious end to Jerusalem. It will be a praise before all nations and to the world. And, and part of this whole extraction of, of evil from, uh, you know, the tops of the mountains from looking like they're good is taking place right now. And this is being, being addressed behind the scenes in some way already as it relates to Israel. But I believe we need to be prepared for what's going to look like. Um, um, just it, it's going to look so confusing because it's going to look like everything that we thought was progression of the kingdom in Israel it becoming a nation in 1948, the 1967 restoration of Jerusalem and the various things are going to look like they were all fake and false. They're not because the Lord always, he, he, he one ups the enemy's agendas. Like Haman gets his nooses uh, yeah, going, he and his son, son's hang, he gets the cross for Jesus. He's going to take out the savior of the world. And it's going to be an overstatement to state that in, while the Kazarian Jews are trying to, to even destroy Israel from within, uh, God, in the same way that we're talking about the greatest sting operation of all time, God is providing a greatest sting operation in Israel of all time to the one up. And because when they think they've got him, he's going, yeah, watch this, right? Is it something like that? 
it's just about this, the greatest story ever told. Again, you know, God keeps outdoing himself. But the storyline is of what's taking place right now, how he's rescuing yeah. us, how he's rescuing the nations, mm. how he's rescuing Israel. Um, and so we're, we really haven't seen this fine-tuned focus on Israel. And you talk about a tough line. I don't know how much President Trump fully understands if he's been instructed uh, by the Holy Spirit in some way that we don't know, <clears throat> but because he, he has to look like a friend of Israel because we are friends of Israel. We are friends of Jerusalem. We honor them for what they represented and, you know, the true Israel. And then for sure, Jerusalem, you know, there's something even again, geographical about how the Lord's going to change and do things there. So he has, you know, it was a brave kingdom move and it was a good move making Jerusalem the capital of the United States and making these pro, I will just say these pro-Israel statements, because ultimately he is coming. Trump, part of his assignment is going to be to free Israel from fake Israel. I should wow. say that again. Part of Trump's That's... assignment is to free Israel from fake Israel. A major part of President Trump's assignment is to free Israel from fake Israel. And, and so that's going to require a ton of God help, but it's coming uh, because that's what this this Isaiah 62 is all about, is how God is on that. And it's a priority. And, and he told me that 60 second home run, Aaron, judge, I'm the judge. We're going from dark to light. It's time for Isaiah 62. So, all right. That's so good. now what I have to do, um, it, it's related to it in a big way. I'm glad I have time to do this. Yeah, and you're good. Out of it, we're going to, um, in the in a bit, we're going to leave a, a, a link um, for people to download a chapter from a, a book. And I'm just going to tell people about this um, real quick, really not to do the promo on the book, because we don't have any. This is not available in print anymore. Seven Mountain Renaissance, Vision and Strategy through 2050. Now, I finished this book seven years ago started it about nine years ago. And the changes that I talked that would be coming would be impossible if we were not going through this type of moment of world overhaul, mm. extreme world makeover. And the yeah. good news for people, again, the bad news for people is what? You saw us in 2050? Yes. And it's, it's only early days of, um, relative early days of kingdom advancement. What I did prophetically state in this book even is that the Lord had shown me there would be 50 nations by 2050 that would be walking kind of fulfilling Isaiah 60 verse 1 through 3 nations will walk to the light of the sons of God that there would be 50 nations that would be primarily walking to the light of the sons of God does that mean they're all a holy nation there's no sin no but it means that that would be if, if under if the Lord just looks at it and go, that's a righteous nation, and not even by faith, it's just the reality of how that nation operates. It would be it would be like it's operating according to kingdom principles. Light is dominant everywhere. Good is winning, and so we don't even know how to think of that kind of reality. We haven't we again because he's never taken on this mafia, this Kazarian mafia, this Molech Baal mafia. We have never seen nations like this. We have we have no place in no context in history. We have one righteous nation barely being righteous at brief moments. That nation being Israel, 
it's like when David's running it and a couple other kings and different judges. And so the whole world besides them, it wasn't like, well, there's also a good nation over there. No, they were all Baal worshiping, idolatrous, heathen, sacrificing, human sacrificing, bloodletting nations everywhere. And so we, we don't have a time where uh, we can go back to and, and compare this to. And so this is what we're heading into. It really is. It's uh, the end of the world as we know it. The book, other book I wrote. And so what I want to read, though, is in this book, I have um, 50 pages of this book are on. It's under the Renaissance because it's the title is Renaissance about the knowledge of God in the new way. Renaissance on the mountain of religion. So I have 50 pages where I just address the mountain of religion. I go really into the last 400 years of how the two rivers, uh, two streams that go by Christianity have been warring against each other till this very day. And one is kind of, you know, the key. It's not that he started it, but if you had to name one person um, that represents that one river, it would be John Calvin. And if you had to name, put one person, one spiritual leader for the other river, it's George Fox. And and John Calvin was pro-order, George Fox pro-freedom. And, and so you have these dynamics have been warring against each other in the body of Christ ever since. Do we want order or do we want freedom? And so we, till this day, we have people even, uh, some people who think seven mountains are thinking we need to force order on people. The kingdom of God cannot be advanced by force in that kind of way against people. It is by advanced by uh, influence, not by imposition. Even in the garden, he didn't impose. God didn't impose even when he only had two, even when he only had one. It's it's an option there. And so we have to realize that's that's where we're going. And so in this in this um, in this transition um, that he's requiring of us, and I'm short to get to what I wanted to really get to right now. He is requiring of us transitioning from church mindedness to kingdom mindedness. And I actually in this book, I name you know, four specific transitions the church needs to make. Mm. And, and, it, and, and uh, the, uh, the transitions are. From revival mindedness to reformation mindedness. It's, I, this is 17 years, uh, no, not 17 years ago, 2015, and I started two years before. Then nine years ago that I started writing on how we have to shift, and I've been hitting it over and over the last two years, and that's part of what we're telling now and what I was explaining just a little bit ago. We have been unable to shake ourselves from revival mindedness. Revival is good. It's always good, but it's less than. it. it we can if you just love revival, you can you will be satisfied without seeing society changed. You will just have enough testimonies of salvation, enough testimonies of healing. And people are excited about the meetings. Yay, we have revival. Once you're re- reformation minded, you can't. You have to see cities and nations begin to operate under a kingdom culture. And so that's that's how that different. So. That is the first shift coming, revival-mindedness to reformation-mindedness. Then number two, church-mindedness to kingdom-mindedness. And then I won't go into the the other ones. Uh, The fourth one is explosion of new church wineskins. So this book is ending up being very um, prophetically in-depth and detailed 
We don't have any more um, of the physical copies because we've learned so much. I've learned so much in the last nine years that I just feel like I just can't. We ran out of books. I have to reprint, but I can't just leave that. I have to I have to do something wholesale with it because though it's full of of great truth, there's so much I didn't know. As I said, the Lord said, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to set you free from things you didn't know. Yeah. And, I didn't know. I didn't know the level of ruling and reigning of darkness in the seven mm-hmm. mountains in, in that deep, gross darkness kind of way. So, um, so I'm going to uh, comment and read just a little bit on this, um, um, S- Steve, and you feel free to uh, get clarification. Okay. But this transitioning from church mindedness to kingdom mindedness, again, this ties in, connects to where we just were, the Isaiah 62, understanding kingdom processing and thinking. He has geographical plans. He has a plan for Israel, geographical, he being the Lord, geographical Jerusalem. He cares about physical geography. It's not just, uh, just give me some souls on your way back here. I know the earth is going to burn up and go to hell and all that. No, the meek shall inherit the earth was in his first message within three or four verses. The meek shall inherit the earth. The righteous shall inherit the earth. And so he at no time, it, did he prioritize everything going up? His first prayer, he recommended and pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Right. It wasn't like, and, and let's go up there as quick as possible. None of that. We The distortion of his first message. So here it is. One aspect of revival thinking is all about the church. When you expand the purpose of revival into reformation, then you also expand into a kingdom first focus. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6, 33. Again, the kingdom of God is about a a way of doing things and not just about conversion transactions. Uh, To say that a different way, it's not just raising your hand saying, yeah, I'm saved. It's his way of doing things. The reason that a church focuses that a church focus presently dominates and permeates the mountain of religion is that churches are by and large led by pastors as a key part. When pastors lead, they think of their mission in terms of my church, quote, my church. A true pastor is wired with many great qualities, but it is totally unnatural and therefore rare for him to think at a macro city church level. That is why, you know, they'll think my church, my network, my satellite extensions. This is why the biblical model for church leadership is first apostles and prophets. That's Ephesians 2.20. Having been built on the foundation of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We're not going to do the in-depth teaching on that right now, but apostles and prophets is really about two different ways to perceive the kingdom. They're seers of the kingdom in, in different ways. And as I'll share about myself, I'm either, um, I, you know, you combine apostolic and prophetic together and an apostolic prophet or prophetic apostle or an apostolic prophetic dude, that's who I am. So I'm always into, yeah, what he's saying, the, the prophetic. I, I, I love the prophetic. I'm known for that. But also seeing the macro and seeing what he's doing and being driven by that in a big way. So let's continue. Both true apostles and true prophets are gifted with macro vision and see all they do in the context of society, culture, city, nation, and God's master narrative. 
The word apostle in the original Greek was not religious terminology. It was a military word used for the military leader that was in charge of bringing the culture of Rome to the most recently defeated nations and tribes. Rome had discovered that defeating that defeated nations and tribes would rebel and seek to revert back to their old identities unless Roman culture was intentionally transfused into the region. Therefore, an apostle, apostolio, not really the pronunciation, but it's the, the, the Greek word there, was sent to make sure that not only did a people militarily submit, but that they also would begin to culturally submit, to culturally reflect Rome by speaking the same language, using the same money, using their roads and their road systems, adopting the same holidays and so forth, that Jesus would transform and commission his 12 disciples into 12 apostles. Because remember, that's what happened. He transformed and commissioned his 12 disciples, those who just followed, into 12 apostles tells us that he not only wanted conversions, but he also wanted heaven's way and ways of doing things to begin to be implemented. He wanted heaven's culture on earth. A local pastor in the truest sense has a basic inability to think that broadly, which is precisely what makes him so good at loving the local sheep. We definitely want true pastors, and we definitely don't want to resent or negate them. It's just that they are mismatched for the role they are generally expected to play. Militarily, it's sort of like the mash, mash unit doctor trying to fulfill the role of a general. Just to explain that briefly, you know, mash units is the, the moving uh, hospitals, the moving military hospitals. Well, uh, you know, what is awesome in a mash tent is horrible on the battlefield. Yeah. On, in, the, on in the tent that, you know, almost two phrases would separate one from the other. It's uh, and not that they would tell you this, but we'll say in a mass unit, you might like, oh, you poor thing. And you get your wound looked at. And outside the tent, you're going to get charge and, and no attention to your 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 wound. And so a general has an entirely different way of processing what's taking place. And so you have a pastoral hearted leader who's like, oh, there's a wound there. There's a wound there. But we cannot fulfill any kind of kingdom assignment under a mass unit perspective. We we want that within it, just like in the, you know right. a fully functioned military has it. You all got it. If a church is going to become kingdom minded and raise kingdom focused people, then it must be led by the primary voice of an apostle, of a true apostle. Presently, many who carry the title of apostle are just insecure pastors with baggage and extra pride and the need for a bigger title. However, that will change. There are still real apostles and they will continue to increase and populate the church until we are more in line with the biblical mandate of apostles first with the other gifts following. The apostles first is a 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Can I, let me just, for definitions, yeah. are you saying that the, every local church should have an apostle there too? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying for any local church to be in balance, it has to have apostolic leadership. Okay. And so Cold it doesn't mean you have to have the apostle title. So, you know, there's people that don't feel comfortable with titles or they do feel comfortable with titles. And 
and you do want the the pastoral caring for the sheep taking place yeah. there but the leadership that which drives the vision of that place must be someone who is apostolic who so, sees and connects it to everything well that's so then let me secondary to, to clarify so if you have apostolic in that church he or she or they are looking translocally. They're they're trying to give a vision beyond just the four walls. Even though they're in that church, their their vision goes at the forty thousand foot level, and they're looking over the city. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I think in this next little few sentences, I think it's going to speak into that some more. Okay. And I know we got to wind this up soon. Once a church, a movement, or a denomination is led by an apostle who sees from a macro perspective, we will begin to experience a much greater advance of the kingdom of God at large. The size of the apostles' personal ministry will be a secondary matter. Many of the largest churches in the world have almost no apostolic influence on the culture. Um, and it's because they are led by either a very charismatic pastor or someone who knew how to leverage marketing in order to grow. And in fact, just what we briefly have talked about uh, ourselves, Steve, is in fact, they are more easily the reality of large movements, large churches. They are more easily manipulated by culture and, and courage and mega church um, is, is those are words that you don't really find together. It's like courage is not what is known about a mega church. It is so much more about they have different words for it, but it's compromise. Yeah, you get the love and compassionate and caring. But courage and mega church almost never fit in the same language. Mm. Um, and so anyway, and they often you'll just suck the life out of even smaller, truly apostolic churches around them because they will just draw so much from it that they can starve resources and other things from us for a whole nother conversation. But it's an important conversation we're having here into the apostolic um, uh, thing God is doing right now and what he's what he's what he's correcting. The masses are often drawn into adulation of gifted people, but if the gifted one does not also equip them for real life and for influencing the culture, then it is a tragically wasted opportunity. These leaders may have effectively accomplished the first step of attracting a potential army, but they have failed to validate, train, equip, and deploy them. A true apostle will always care more about training, equipping, and deploying than the size of the crowd that follows him. Large congregations are notorious for being spectators rather than participants. And sadly, that's often because it satisfies the demands of the charismatic leader's ego. Having a large congregation makes you famous on earth, but a crowd of nodding heads does nothing for a community or city. When you are a leader involved in training, equipping, and deploying, it makes you known in heaven. Soon there will be great churches that excel at both. Those leaders who truly seek first the kingdom of God will be satisfied and nothing less than reformation-minded congregants. Now here's just the last little bit, Steve, and we'll be done. <clears throat> kingdom-mindedness is about getting the salt of influence into society. So kingdom-mindedness is about, remember Jesus said, you are the salt. It's about getting the salt of influence into society. Church-mindedness is about Salt being in the shaker and every grain of salt, the congregants, being accounted for and fought over with the other salt shakers. So that's mm -hmm. why there's so much competitive spirit among yeah. pastors. They can't do things together so often because they are all fighting for every last bit of salt. 
Kingdom thinking has you occupied with getting light into the city as Jesus instructed. Church thinking has you trying to extend only your own church's fame. Kingdom thinking is more concerned about the nine to five, Monday through Friday window, whereas church thinking just wants you to have a successful Sunday meeting and, of course, a great offering. Renaissance will come to the church as kingdom thinking grows, creating a trend for the next several decades. So this was prophesied again seven, nine years ago, and we're really accelerating into that time. But I want it not just to be a cliche or something that we can't apply when we're saying, yeah, we're going to go into the kingdom and not the church. And people will go, yeah, OK, well, exactly what that is. There's a specific way of thinking and processing that he is demanding us to shift. And so this is part of where this is all going. The pain of the moment is to assist us in letting us know we all have to participate in society now. Moving forward, a church uh, uh, is going to be recognized by heaven for do you do the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, which is showing up in practical ways in society. We'll say we're through seven mountains, seven primary spheres of society, which really cover all of them. And are you doing that? Because that's the only way that you are a legitimate representative of the kingdom of God on earth. And this personal kingdom building where you also bend and bow to the culture that's been dominant, that got exposed the last two years as being kind of 80, 90 percent of the reality. Mm. That thing, not acceptable uh, any, anymore. So so we're, what we're telling you is that. That's just a little bit in that there's that that chapter. I have had so many people tell me, Johnny, that chapter should be mandatory. <laughs> you can't make something mandatory for the body of Christ. And um, there's going to be a link there. And in the in the yeah, that uh, would be so great. Some people may want to copy it over. Um, I think it's just going to be restore7.org. Yeah. Backslash yeah, free. Slash free. And we want you. I mean, this is going to where the rubber hits the road because that's part of, you know, the equipping of the saints. I'm still motivated. I, that's why I say I got the prophetic thing. We're going to give that and do that. But we want to equip the saints for this time and season. We really have to make this shift into being those who will carry this new age of the kingdom. Those that have already given up on there being a new age think the rapture is the part of the, the, the immediate paradigm and the immediate storyline from heaven. You know, as long as you're in that, you're just going to miss the boat, as it were. It's it's just not it. You're going to find out we are not about to be destroyed, taken out by the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet. He's allowing us to experience what they want to do in the same way the children of Israel get to experience the sons of Anak breathing over them. But the sons of Anak were in their promised land. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. So we are to show up with his light, his solutions, his presence, every area of society. And we are to do so with boldness. We are to do so with courage. I'm going to take some more time in the future until we've got so many reports of those being touched supernaturally when we blow the shofar, when we do the other things. And so many people, a vision ready to bring kingdom solutions around the world, ready to see cities and nations rebuilt, ready to participate. The Lord is cheering you, saying, yay, son, yay, daughter. That's where we're going with this. And so um, I'm so so excited about all that. I want to tell more about that, but I, I know our, our time is... Yeah, I, 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 I want to ask you one question, because we always, often, often, not always, but when you're on, 
We yeah. talk about the model that hasn't very successful. It looks great, but the mega church and it looks really good. And the worship is usually fantastic. And the crowds are full and the offerings are off the chart because there's so many people, even if only 5% give tithe, there's so many people to give tithe. That the money is there. Is what we're coming into, there are these massive buildings and mega churches. Is God about to use these huge building mega churches or for this upcoming whatever's awakening? Or are do you see mega churches disbanding in record numbers so that people God's saying, I want you, he's like he's becoming their own little, I don't want to use the word their own little I, my my picture is my picture, not God's necessarily. God sometimes will create a Babylon, he'll confuse the language so people will disperse and get back to work and do do you see mega churches dispersing or just changing different leadership so that so that the model can be changed? What 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 do you see? Here's a that's a three minute version, I guess. Well, that's a uh, the super question. I was telling you that in that book, even the fourth precedent that we'll, we will be seeing the fourth shift is I, I I if I go more in detail, just the title of it: Seven Mountain Micro Churches, Daily Churches, Twenty Four Seven Churches, Home Churches and stadium churches. Okay. So it's not that they have to be small, um, but there's going to be stadium churches because God does such a big thing. It is going to be what we look at as revival, but these are going to be now apostles who are not just saying, okay, you got people saved. Now just make sure you give us your 10% and get, bring more people. This is going to be now, this is going to be true apostles who are teaching them how to be light, salt and light in society. And they're going to be such fast crowds. So it's not that everything big is going to be an enemy, but everything that's presently big um, is suspect. There, there, there are good, but it's limited, it's limited. It was proven. There was a test the last two years. It was massively failed. And they bowed. They didn't just bow. They actually uh, encouraged their own or even forced their own people to bow to uh, these incredibly uh, restrictive evil stands uh, that were put upon them from even from government, whatever that people, things that everybody else was seeing, or a lot of people were seeing, they, they weren't seeing. So what you mentioned, I do believe there's going to be a lot of mega churches, a lot, a lot, a lot of mega churches that are going to fall apart and disband, but they could, that building could be quickly taken by, Yep. hopefully not just another mega church in in the present someone under the leadership of an apostle who's who's doing what you just described yes so i think we're going to see a lot of those exchanges take take place the invitation will be for all the invitation will be for the present mega churches who bowed and kowtowed and showed no courage and who showed no kingdom spine at all there will still be an invitation for them to wake up to the moment and 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 make the adjustment and so that's that's possible but again this is from seven nine years ago where i was um uh, writing this that uh, the lord had shown me that there was going to be now real when i say micro churches seven mountain micro churches that means where there'll be a church that says we're going to gather around just for government everybody who feels called the government in some way or another at whatever level we're just going to meet together and, and that's what it's going to be about. We're going to praise and worship, but we're going to get strategies from God. And so there's going to be those, those type of amen. So there's an amen coming from, there you go, from, from the, the dog, from the dog oh, as crazy. well. Crazy. And then there's going to be God moving so intensely and, and so in the broken Gen Z millennials, he's going to be working so much. Daily churches are going to be needed. 
There's going to be the need for, they're going to need to interact with people, see people, shake hands, hug. There's going to be, so people are going to open up daily churches of every size. And so I say even 24-7 churches, you know. Elizabeth was commenting the other day, we passed, you know, the psych, sh- uh, the, the, what do they call them? The psych, sh- uh, um, the psych shops where they're, oh, yeah. psych- you know, come yeah, get over. Yeah. The palm readers and all of that and the tarot card readers, that, were you talking about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, all right, we need people who need a, a word and a visitation from the Lord. But so, you know, it's not that everything's just going to go online. We're going to need to do a lot more in-person stuff, but it's going to have to be um real and i don't know the how these waves but they're coming i feel them in the spirit actually real quick, can i get clarified because i don't leave people where i just said tarot card readers and everything what you were the point you were making make your point again just without that because i think i mucked it up there so what, what, well you're right we could have made brought confusion I, I wasn't saying we need to have christian tarot card but we need to be able to be there's people why why do they why are they successful we find out the whole um psychic is the word i was trying to use the psychic yeah, network yeah. I don't remember how many billions of dollars a year it makes. And they say like wow. 40% of their business comes from Christians. So why is that? Oh. It is, it, and it's because there is not allowance on the one hand, not allowance of the prophetic. And so yeah. they don't allow anybody in their church to say things like, you know what the Lord showed me. And so this oppression against the communication, the present communication of God makes them have to go out and, and do that. And so we just began talking ourselves about there needs to be like, it's 24 seven available to, to the world. It needs to be available, how to connect a place they can go to. Yes. To call and go to. And I think we were just actually picking up on something that is, that is around the corner and and coming, you know, it will be, it will be the obvious need that's, that's there. We're going into a great reveal exposure and, and, and out of that, there is going to be, it's, it is going to be what people I'm just believing you know, it's the revival, revival, revival. Again, there's nothing wrong with it. And it was all I knew how to say until he kind of pulled the paradigm. I was like, oh, okay, that's limited. And I thought we had, you know, full kingdom. We were seeing it by seeing spirit filled, saved and adding the prophetic to it. And then it's like, no, no, no. I have the king's way of doing things. The king and his kingdom come together. When he says, repent, the kingdom of God is here. It's changed the way you're thinking. I don't, I'm not just a God of transactions. It's not just mm. a king and you get your you know, sign here. Do you realize I did what I did on the cross? It's not just that. No, my way of doing things. My kingdom that heals everything. You got to be that connects to that whole Isaiah 61. You're going to rebuild ruined cities, desolation of, muti- of many generations. You're going to be oaks of righteousness, of justice. You have to show up in the Department of Justice and the justice systems. You have to be part of the structure now that represents the king and his way of doing things. Okay. All right. Well, we had that on the screen. I think we've got Restore 7 there just below your picture there. That's your main thing. If they, so it was Restore7.org slash free, wasn't it? There it is. One more yes. time. That's, that's a download. Is that a free chapter? Is that what you said? So there's a what free chapter. Uh, it's a free chapter from from this book. And I think I think Chris may have set us up where if you want, like I said, don't order. Don't. I think they told me. You cannot get this book. You cannot order it. So, but you can get the uh, the P, uh, PDF or whatever. You yeah. can get you can you can get the whole book online 
as as well. And I think he may have been doing a, a special so, Yeah, so anyone, anyway, in other words, they used to call them ebook. Now it's an electronic book or it's a digital book or it's a it's a PDF in a PDF form. So you can get it. You're saying they can order that book. They just can't order an actual hard copy. They can get an electronic form for the reader. Yeah, all the things have changed these days. So, And this is a very, this is the most There's solid book on kingdom advancement to the year 2050. So That's there are, amazing. I'm watching the stuff happen in front of me. There's things I'm like, by the year 2030, I actually put in here, it's going to be 2030 when we finally see, um, the, we're going to be populated with true apostles and prophets like that will that will bring change into society. So I knew it was not going to be right around the corner, and but we're getting pretty close to that. We're already here, oh, 2022. Good. So amazing stuff, well, Johnny. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Give our love to Elizabeth. A quick reminder that Barry Wunsch, Prophet Barry Wunsch from Canada, will be on tomorrow. Prophets and Patriots, 11 o'clock uh, Pacific time. So it'd be great. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you, Johnny. We'll see you all again tomorrow, 11 o'clock. Bye bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.